Before we get started, let's talk about what's new at Cold Wax Academy. Rebecca and Jerry have just launched their fall quarter of live online sessions with a special focus this time on member participation, plus informative sessions on a variety of other topics. This month also marks the beginning of Cold Wax Academy's third year of teaching sessions, meaning that the member library now has over 80 recordings and other instructional documents available for members. To access this wealth of information and to take part in upcoming live sessions, please visit the membership page at coldwaxacademy.com and sign up for one of the two levels of membership available. That's coldwaxacademy.com. All right, let's get into the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about the creative compulsion. There is something compelling and mysterious about the urge to make art. Those of us that make art today are part of a tradition going back many thousands of years. What is its role in your own life? What basic needs does making art satisfy? Why do so many of us spend so much of our time putting down paint, shaping clay, carving wood or marble, or cranking prints through a press? Today we toss around some ideas about what motivates us to create and the satisfaction that it brings. With me as always is Rebecca Kroll. Hello everyone. So <laughs> I, I have often thought about this strong drive um, to paint or make images of some kind in myself. Um, and it, it is so basic that when anything gets in the way of it, uh, for me, that's that's pretty distressing. I, I just, I don't really feel like myself. And I think about what life would be like if I didn't have my work. Like, what would I do if I couldn't make art? And and sometimes I I think, well, you know, maybe if I if I lost my sight or something, I would write or whatever. But I, I've thought about, you know, there's something that has to come out one way or another. And it is certainly um, art, in my case, is what I prefer. It just seems like this inseparable part of me. And I, I'm certainly not alone in that. Um, during our Thanksgiving episode, and we were talking about what we feel grateful for, I mentioned that I was grateful just just to have this as part of my life, uh, to be able to make art, to have a studio to paint in, and and just to have it, um, you know, be important, uh, something that I do almost every day. It's a huge thing, and it just brings so much satisfaction and and meaning um, to life. And as I said, you know, I think this is really common among artists. It's certainly not something that's unique, and. When I'm around artist friends or other people who get it, I enjoy the fact that there's sort of a basic understanding about this compulsion, this need, this focus. Uh, you know, people who do this themselves don't question how important it is. Usually they're just like, oh, of course, yes, you're going to your studio, I get it. Um, and I, I know that there are artists who do not have that kind of support and that feel they have to justify this need and this compulsion. And I have to think that has to be pretty hard um, because really, if somebody was making you logically justify why you're spending time at this, unless it is bringing in, you know, significant income, um, you know, if, if somebody were demanding an explanation, I think it'd be really hard and to, to come up with it because 
really there there isn't one. <laughs> it's just it's this inner drive and and that people, you know, people in your life around you just have to accept that and know that it's part of what you do. Um, but it, it is a bit mysterious and it is a bit hard to explain and I guess, you know, today I just wanna kind of I don't know, just toss some ideas around. I, I don't have the answers at all, but I would say the longest time that I have gone without making art at all was the summer that we were moving to New Mexico, which was uh, summer of 2021. And because the first thing that I tackled packing, because it was the most hugest job, was my studio there. So um, pretty pretty quickly after I started that, there was no way to really do anything and in the studio and you know it was also a lack of focus and I I consciously put aside the urge to paint I just said okay I'm done with that until until I move really and it and I I just sort of accepted that uh and it probably helped somewhat that I was a lot of a lot of time in the studio so I'm surrounded by my work and I was looking through old work and I was looking you know kind of reflecting on where I'd been in my work and and I think that was actually there was some you know creative input there uh sort of an incubation time where I'm sifting through these old things so there still was a connection um but uh, and and there was you know this disconnect from normal life anyway because we were all packing we were all you know, really preoccupied with that, this big push to move and everything we had to do. So, it, you know, I just kind of acknowledge, okay, I'll get back to it soon enough. But it, it does surprise me now in thinking how long that was, because if you ask me right now, could you put this aside for eight weeks? Uh, I would say no, not without finding that very upsetting. Um, and it just, I guess when I think about what why that is what what it's like if i can't work or something prevents me from working it's really an odd feeling it's sort of um like i'm not quite whole i'm not quite all there <laughs> part of me is missing and i guess you know this kind of thinking about this points out how much making art depends on that personal desire, that drive, that focus, that, you know, that inner urge. And when you, when and if you have to stop for a while, you know, you realize, well, to me, it's very significant that I'm not working. To most other people around me in my life, um, it's not. I mean, it's it's really most important to yourself. And, and it's like, you're not an essential worker. <laughs> you, know, the, you do this for yourself and for what you can give your your viewers but you realize it's not to other people to an outside point of view not that important and it it's a kind of a a distancing i suppose and and from perhaps how other people perceive the way that you spend your time and other artists get it other creative people get it um but as I said, there are artists living without living with people who don't really get it and must wonder what what is she doing all day, you know, in the studio. Um, I would say it's not uncommon for things to come up where artists do have to stop working for a while. I mean, a lot of artists go through this times of 
not being able to make art because of some disruption. It could be a positive disruption. It could be something negative or traumatic. Um, I think when it is tied with something unpleasant, something negative, an illness or divorce or anything that really kind of tears your world apart, then you're not working. It's It becomes a part of a vicious cycle, um, assuming that your work is, is important to you. But the vicious cycle might be that these this traumatic event is keeping you from wanting to work or being able to work, and it makes you feel down. And then the more down you feel, the more frustrated. Maybe it's harder to get back into it. And when you have that sort of break that is um, you know, disruptive on a really personal level, uh, I think a lot of artists struggle with, with getting back into it during the pandemic, um, we heard from a lot of artists that, you know, sort of shut down. The world shut down, a lot of artists shut down, kind of unable to work. And there was also a, a sentiment floating around, and I think we talked about it at the time, that when there's something big going on in the world, and there's always something big going on in the world, it can make artists think that their what they do is not important because, as I said, it's not something that's perceived as important or necessary um, by society at large for the most part. I mean, I think most people would say, yeah, art's important, but maybe not, you know, to the exclusion of other things. So an artist can start to feel they're involved in this selfish activity, this self-centered way of using their time bringing no nothing really positive to the world you know and you can talk yourself out of out of any out of your compulsion out of your motivation and that's unfortunate i don't think there's a good answer to why keep going except that art has always existed it's existed through good times through bad times through personal problems um through world problems your passion for what you do can it can lie low for a while, but most people, most artists who are serious about it, are going to keep looking for ways to find it again, to reconnect with it, rather than just letting it go. Well, and, and I think it's important to imagine what what would a, a world look like without art? You yeah. know, and and is it? I mean, is that a world that you want to live in? Is it? Uh, and, and and is it fair to deem something to be unimportant if if uh, the the lack of that thing would be truly devastating? And I, I think a lack of art in the world is is devastating. I know if you if you just stop to think for a moment, if you saw no art anywhere, <laughs> you know, in any public buildings on anyone's walls, obviously it would seem that something huge was missing. Even if you're not particularly into art or particularly appreciate art. And I mean, maybe you wouldn't die in the way no. that like a world without food, you know, would would be a world that you could not physically survive in. But right. I, I think that a world without art is a world that you wouldn't want to survive in. Yeah. And it's probably if you're not into art, it might be something that you really haven't thought that much about. What what would it mean if if it weren't being produced? And, I, you know, it is it's part of it's culture and culture is part of humanity I think it's a I do think it's a mistake to think that the world doesn't need it and because you know we we're human beings striving to better ourselves to better our world 
and, and art is often transcendent in that way. It, it gives people a pause. It gives people something beautiful, art of any kind. I mean, music, whatever. Uh, and it, it made me sad when I would hear about people questioning it and saying, oh, you know, why bother? Because everything's falling apart. And, and then I think of, you know, stories throughout art history of artists pursuing in the face of poverty, in the face of physical issues. Um, Batiste painting from his bed with a, with a big with a paintbrush on a stick, you know, it just people pursuing, persevering in spite of everything. I think that's all you really need to know, that it is a compulsion and, and you can't really fight it if you have it. Um, and it it involves passion. And I would say passion for doing what you love is definitely not unique to artists. I mean, there are passionate people in every single field, um, passionate scientists and teachers and business owners. And, and, and there's also a lot of uh, jobs that involve creativity and they involve excitement and risk-taking and joy and achievement and all those things that sh they share, that is shared with the life of an artist. But I think there is something different about art and also other creative outlets where anytime a person is you know, producing something original, basically it's very innovative and um, inventive. So you are making something from only your inner drive, your inner vision uh, with art. You need some materials to make that. Um, but that's it's all coming from, from inside. And I think that the most important core thing about this is how personal it is. Art is so personal, so uniquely connected to your inner life, to your reactions, your memories, what interests you, all these things. And there's a processing that's going on. There's an integrating of all these different sources for uh, what you want to say in your work. And the way that you put all those things together is unique. That's that's your um, your your personal language, your visual language, and I think for a lot of artists, it's this lifelong drive to perfect that language, um, the language of your inner life and your experiences. How 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 do you translate that into anything visual? It, I for me anyway, that's that's the basis of the compulsion because. I'm never going to get there exactly. I mean, it's it's always going to be a challenge. It's always going to be a, a journey. I'd say moving through it, the closer you get to being able to express yourself with your work and express whatever that thing is inside of you, and it's it's hard to name, the more satisfying your work is and the more involved you are. So to me, really... That passion for art and that compulsion is about being authentic. It's about you being you. And and yet, of course, as we have said so many times, in that personal approach, you're also tapping into something more universal because in a lot of ways, you know, we, we share so many similarities as people. So when an artist finds a way to somehow express that very personal, deep part other people will respond to it, and it's that authenticity. Um, and, you know, the flip side of that is if if your work really is derivative, you know, if you're really mainly pulling ideas from 
outside yourself from other people's ideas, somebody else's vision, you're probably not going to feel that passion. You're not going to feel that inner drive. And that's that's a really practical reason not to be derivative. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of reasons to find your own authentic voice. But I do believe in, and have observed this in people, it detracts from your connection, your passion about your work. I, I think that the that the the compulsion to create art is really a a compulsion to communicate. And I think maybe it's a it's a compulsion to communicate that that predates like written language or uh. um maybe other forms of communication. There's there's this, uh, I mean, maybe the, the, the earliest form of art is like smearing some pigment onto a cave wall and, you know, just kind of as a way of saying I was here mm-hmm. even before the, there were the, uh, the words to, to put that onto a, a wall or onto a tree or something. Right. Um, and uh, I, I think that, that that just that need to be heard and recognized is... Mm-hmm is really at the core of it. And so, so that, that speaks to, to the importance of personal voice. I mean, like when you talk about, um, not wanting to do something that's derivative, um, that's really, we don't, you don't want to speak in somebody else's voice, right? You want to speak in your own voice and in your own style. And it's, it's not just uh, a need for, for other people to, to consume what you put out there, but it's a need to, for them to, to recognize you in it. Right. And, you know, it struck me when you were talking about this nonverbal aspect of art, this way of communicating without words, how direct that is. Because whenever we speak, we write, we talk to people, there's there's this little gap, you know, where you're you're trying to think of how to say it and how can I communicate with my words, and the directness of, um, well, music is the same way. I would say, the directness of communication from inside you into this art form, uh, the person who is receiving that communication, they're not really being told what to think. They're just they're receiving something that they can then respond to in their own imagination and their own creative thought. So it is a totally, um, it's a unique line of communication that, as you say, goes back thousands of years. Maybe we can take a minute to uh, talk about what's, uh, what's available from Blick right now. Right now, Blick is running a lot of like holiday gift type specials. So uh, there's specials on paint sets and things like that. One thing in particular that I noticed is that the Blick Convertible Studio Easel is 65% off. So normally that's a $380 easel, and it's on sale right now for about $130. So if you need an easel or there's an artist in your life who needs an easel, this is a really good time to pick up what is normally an almost $400 item for $130. So to take advantage of that special and to support the Messy Studio Podcast, please remember to use our affiliate link, which is, of course, MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. That takes you straight through to the regular Blick website, but when you use our affiliate link, Blick will donate 10% to the Messy Studio Podcast. This is a really incredible way for you to support the podcast while you do your regular shopping. 
So as always, I'm going to remind you to please bookmark that link so that you remember to use it every time you shop at Blick. So once again, that's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick, B-L-I-C-K. All right, let's get back into the show. Okay, so the idea for this, for talking about this, came from a quote I read. Uh, I get a newsletter in my email from Maria Popova. She writes a very interesting newsletter called The Marginalian. It used to be called Brain Pickings. But she, she changed the name, but she's... She's pulling, you know, different ideas and quotes from writers, from artists, from different times in history, putting them together, commenting on them. And it's it's often very inspiring and intriguing. And anyway, this she wrote this um, about this compulsion, I think. And she said, every creator's creation creations are their own coping mechanisms for life. For the loneliness of being, for the longing for connection, for the dazzling incomprehension of what it all means. What we call art is simply a gesture towards some authentic answer to these open questions that are are at the same time universal and also intimately felt. Questions aimed at the elemental truths of being alive, animated by a craving for beauty, haunted by the need to find a way of bearing our mortality. Now, those are some big ideas, and they struck me a little with sort of the grandiosity of it. But then I'm thinking, well, is it grandiose to make art? I mean, it it's kind of is. I mean, you're, you're taking risks, you're putting yourself out there, you're tackling some very big things. And the fact that the urge to do it is so strong and so enduring to me means it is connected to these central big ideas that she's talking about there to to who we are to how we um, deal with life and process our experiences and I was struck in the quote also that art is a way to process and cope with big questions in a very personal way and that to me got to the heart of when I ask myself, where does my own compulsion come from? It's, again, back to this processing of life. And she also says, creating is a coping mechanism for life. So you go through life and all this stuff is thrown at you. If you don't have a creative outlet, and this could be many things, obviously, there's lots of ways to be creative, if you don't have that creative outlet, it's 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 inhibiting. I think you sort of shut down. And um, for for artists, as we mentioned, there's this advantage of it being nonverbal, of it being very direct. If you want to go to your studio and just cover sixteen sh- sheets of newsprint with, you know, with slashes of acrylic paint because you're upset. It might not be art, but it is certainly a coping mechanism to you know for self-expression and. And then there's there's an incredible amount of refinement that goes through um, that really kind of raw energy that you might bring to your work, and having it come out as something that other people could understand, could relate to, could get into, because somewhere along the line, you have learned to organize it and present it in a way that other people could receive it. Um, and and back back to the quote again. The rest of that quote, um, questions aimed at the elemental truths of being alive, animated by a craving for beauty, haunted by the need to find a way of bearing our mortality. 
I think that all gets at actually the spiritual underpinnings of art, and not in any particular or specific religious sense, but this basic human need to find meaning in our lives and figure out where that's coming from. And it it really, for you know, true spirituality, I think is an inner search. It's not simply accepting something that you're told, but something that, you know, it may be a, an established religion that you find you align with, and it may just be working out your own your own sense of things. For artists, um, I think there's a lot of spiritual d- d- dimensions to creating because there's so much, I don't know, sort of stepping outside of ordinary life, entering a bit of a meditative state, uh, trusting that, you know, you're going to work things out. There's this searching involved, this journey, and they all have spiritual connotations, I think. So that also gets to the com- the compulsion, the need. I mean, obviously, since the beginning of time, there's been that urge to find meaning, you know, to explain the world. So um, anyway, it's all wrapped up in art, and that's kind of amazing. <laughs> um, and I would say making doesn't making art doesn't mean the same for everybody but i had a few more ideas about why it's important it's important in these ways in my own life i don't know some of the things that i think are probably pretty universal aspects of making art that that lead to that passion and that compulsion um and it is one of them is that art is a revelation or it's revelatory because even if you plan your work out ahead of time there's still that you still are not going to actually um, see what it's like until you're done. And and for a lot of artists like myself that respond to process and we're working through it, uh, there is no way to envision what's going to happen at the end. So there's all this discovery and mystery involved with, with the process itself and where it's going. Um, artists connection to other people. We have touched on that. Um, and the, the ability to communicate with people you have never met, absolute strangers, people of different backgrounds. When you think about the way that your art can go out into the world and be received, it does mean that it's not such a self-centered activity that when we're down about it, we can sort of think that maybe it is. But there is a search for connection with other people, this universality that you know we're sort of striving for. I another one is I consider art to be a form of meditation because when you're making art you are so present in the moment you're tur- you're tuning out distractions you're tuning out other thoughts and concerns and so it's a very um very present and very focused activity it presents challenges to the mind to the emotions to your skill level it's and and you know we we set many of those challenges for ourselves, and so we're growing and we're learning uh, through the process, and that's also really engaging. Um, there's something about art that just feels timeless. I guess it feels ageless. You're invo- you're involved in something that has gone on since the beginning of time, and you're part of this flow that just is now, it's going to go into the future. And your persona as an artist, who you are, when you create, 
often strikes me as ageless, that word I just used, where I think I have more depth and more experience now in my 60s than I would have earlier. But especially when I paint, I don't feel any particular age at all. It's just this direct um, channel to my work. And again, you know, you, you mentioned this nonverbal aspect, and, and I said the word transcendent, and I think that is something so hard really to put a finger on. But oftentimes when we see something moving, we see something beautiful, whether it's in nature, whether it's a moment um, with another person or something, it is very hard to verbalize about that unless you're, you know, a poet. Um, and so uh, art allows people that don't have the verbal capacity to express themselves. And even if you have that capacity, it just it's just a different way of doing it that's, I don't know, I keep getting back to compulsion, but there it is. <laughs> Well, do you have any final thoughts to wrap up this episode? Uh, yeah, just yeah, just mentioned some of them, but I I would say that we're not always in touch with all of these really positive aspects of making art. We we all know that those of us who do it that it can also be hard, frustrating, anxiety producing. I mean, there there can be. Um, not just positive emotions around it. And yet we keep going. So I think in the end, the ways that you struggle are part of that process and they, they add depth and they add appreciation for your work when you, when you achieve uh, something in your work that feels just right and feels like I did it. That struggle is worth it. That struggle is part of it. And all along, even when you're having trouble with something, at least in my own experience, I also have these moments of just, I mean, just sort of zapped with energy, just, wow, what's going on here? This is amazing, you know, <laughs> this pleasure, this uh, involvement that, you know, again, keeps you going. Um, and you and you put all that together and you say, okay, there's a big picture here about why this rather strange activity in a way is is so important and so compelling. All right. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as Rebecca's public profile page. For more from Rebecca Kroll, check out RebeccaKroll.com and Cold Wax Academy at ColdWaxAcademy.com. Be sure to sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. For more from myself, Ross Tickner, check out rostickner.com. The Messy Studio is a Tick Digital Media production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. Until then, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.